Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode 56. What is Bitcoin again? Interested in Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a very vague concept to a lot of people. Need to know more about cryptocurrency? We're going to talk about the basics. You know, this is something that people just have no idea about what crypto is. How about buying, selling, and mining? Tony, I think that's one of the things that's going to make us a little different from some other shows. We're getting our hands dirty. Then listen to Gary Leland and Tony Sakala, better known as the Crypto Cousins, on the Crypto Cousins Podcast. This week's price. This week's price of Bitcoin, $7,810. That's down $338.16, or 4.2% over the last seven days. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Gary Leland here. And this is Tony Sakala. Tony, I'm upset today. No. Why? Well, I thought we were going to make it three weeks in a row with Bitcoin being up. And then last night, it goes in the toilet. Well... That's how things move, you know. They move erratically. They move up, then they move down. They move up, they move down. Uh, a market, um, you know, that's how a market is. People, people are fickle like that. Well, I like seeing it up. I don't like seeing it down. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that for sure. Well, we're we're in a good place compared to where we were a couple weeks ago. That's for sure. well, that's true. For the month, we're definitely. Well, I don't know. What are we for the month? Let me look real quick. For the month, we're down two hundred ninety-five dollars. <laughs> so, uh, so we're we're still not doing real good, Tony. <laughs> a month ago, it was eight. Well, that's what my thing says. I just hit. Uh, I I happen to have it on there on my screen. I I changed it to a month. We uh, do it again. Uh, one, oh no, I hit week. No wonder it looked exactly the same for the yeah, week. Yeah, it was it was way down when we did our conference. Oh yeah, it yeah, down. it's way yeah, up. It was up. It's way up. It's way up. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't give me the. Uh, the dollar amount for the um, week there. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we had the bit block boom effect, you know. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm looking at the wrong uh, app there. There you go. It's up. Okay, Tony. I'm feeling better now. It's up for the month, for the last 30 days, $1,471, or 23.1%. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah, I was using the wrong app. <laughs> and I was going, but damn, I, I thought it was going to be up too. When it was the same, I was really depressed. <laughs> yeah, so it's up. Yeah, so that's pretty good for a month. So if you got in a month ago, you're pretty happy. No kidding. You made 23% a month. Then again, though, if you got in in December, you're still not real happy. Exactly. So it's all according to how you look. Hey, you know what I figured out the other day? Tell me. September the 29th. Is our anniversary of our first episode of the Crypto? Oh Cousins. wow! Well, we're gonna have to bring out the champagne. Well, you know, I was listening to um, my friend Joel's podcast. He does the uh, Bad Crypto podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a meetup on their anniversary and had a party. 
I see. And uh, they had people flying from all over the country. Now, I don't know that we had people flying from all over the country, but maybe we should do like a meetup one evening. Just steal their idea. I like great ideas. I, I, I always say I'm not really good at inventing the wheel, but I'm good at like making the wheel better. So maybe we should think about doing something like that. Maybe have a anniversary meetup. Well, that will it'll be me, you, and four other people. Oh, no, I think this would be different. <laughs> you think it'll be different? Well, yeah, you know how meetups go. But those are local meetups. Those are, those are local Bitcoin meetups. This is different. This is a, a celebration meetup. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it would be better. We do it one evening. Matter of fact, I I think I could be wrong, but I think the 29th may be a Friday. Yeah, it is Friday. So we could have like at a place like uh, I don't know, like not a bar, but a place where you can have drinks and eat and stuff, and make it more like a anniversary party. Very it's, optimistic, Gary. Yeah, not an educational meetup like uh-huh. we normally do, but more like right. having fun and have uh-huh. cousins come in. Like I know Ray Redacted's going to come. Okay. He's not going to miss a chance to have a good time. I can tell you about that guy already. He likes tech and he likes having a good time. You put the two and two together, you got Ray Redacted. (laughs) So I know we got three. There's three. Okay. Is your wife going to come if it's a party? Uh, Maybe Friday night. She's kind of tired. Long week. My wife's coming. She she likes the party. We got four four right there. So we're there. We're four. I bet my daughter even would come if it's the anniversary party with her fiance. So that's six. Okay. That's already as good as a meetup as we've had in the last that's true. three. So <laughs> send us, everybody, send us your thoughts about the Crypto Cousins anniversary party. And like I said, I'm giving credit that I'm stealing this idea from Bad Crypto. I'm stealing your idea, guys, because I thought it was a good idea. So we'll see how that uh, turns out there as to whether we want to go forward or not. Uh, you, I'm surprised you just aren't more up with this, Tony. I, you know, I like to party. I do. But, you know, I think I'm still um, having adrenaline. My, my adrenaline is still kind of low from the conference. You know, we poured a lot of energy into the conference and it worked out great. But it was because we worked, you know, like 60 hour, 120 hour weeks like for the, the month before. Well, that is true. And, and we're already, everybody, in the planning stages for next year's. We're in the planning stages. Exactly. You know, look. We're, we were in this um, market where a bunch of other people, some names won't be named, but they, they canceled their conference. Several people with big ones. Big conferences. It was a real uh, labor of love, and we pulled it off. And it was a Bitcoin maximalist conference, which turned out to be really a big breath of fresh air for a lot of folks. I mean, I, I just really, you and I felt like um, it, we wanted to do it you know, straight, do it clean, and uh, not... Uh, be shilling the next BitConnect. Well, we already so we've done our first BitBlock boom. We're in the planning stages for next year's BitBlock boom, which we're shooting for what is it, June the twenty first or something like that? The weekend of June twenty first, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. And a blog post from our cousin Edgar came and uh, to the event and wrote blog posts, and they've started going up on the Crypto Cousins blog. If you want to go there and check out the blog posts, they're starting to go up. Those are Edgar's uh, notes. They're hastily written notes, you know, from the talks. And it wasn't like – it's not an article, but it's just really his notes. So uh, that's what that is. And we're also coming up uh, in a couple of days. The videos will uh, be available to those who purchased premium tickets. Actually, I uploaded the first video last night. If you oh, want nice. To, if you want to go oh, look at it, it it's on a yeah. private channel on our YouTube page. But 
Well, I mentioned YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash crypto cousins and you can check out our videos. But I put up the first video last night for you to look at, Tony. So you can uh, tell me that was a safe Dean uh, Moose, uh, what is money video. But we're also still looking for people who attended the conference. If you attended the conference, please give us a call on our call in line at 747 777 9471. And leave your comments about the event. We're looking for some audio comments to use in our marketing for next year's. And so if you went to it, um, you can even say bad things. We're just not going to use those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, I don't think there were any people who had anything bad to say. We were a lot of, there were a lot of smiles, that's for sure. No, no, we had a good crowd, and uh, I think we had a very successful event for our first one. Hey, I also want to mention, Tony, that uh, – on uh, Crypto Cousins' store, we have some uh, new graphic cards oh, for sale. Yes, and usually they're Brand used. New cards. Yeah, usually we have used ones. Right now, we have some new ones at a good price too. So, what are those? Ten seventies or ten seventies and ten seventy Ti's. We uh, yeah, we we over purchased, and Amazon said um, this is a long back order. You know, we'll tell you when it's going to come in stock again. And then one day they showed up in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't ready for them. We decided we didn't really need them anymore. And uh, four cards just showed up on the doorstep. We got five. Five. Yeah, so, so we don't sell them soon. I'm, I'm just going to have Tony make machines with them. I just can't sit there looking at our money tied up in inventory just sitting there. Money tied up in inventory is a very bad thing. Too. Yeah, so someone needs to get on that site. If you're looking for cards, they're ready to go, and they're at a good price. Brand new, Brand new cards. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about Ross Ulbrich today, Tony. I think this is he's he's really his whole story has been in the news a lot this month. Yeah. Now, for those who haven't seen or heard all of our episodes, I guess we interviewed Lynn Elbrick on episode 36. So what's that? 20 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It was a great interview. We enjoyed meeting her. We met her at the super conference where we did a video interview with her there. That's also on YouTube. So I feel like Tony, between the two, we've kind of gotten to know Lynn pretty good. And, uh, I really feel for her as a parent. Yeah, well, Ross really is, he's like one of the founding fathers of this whole crypto movement. Uh, you know, here Bitcoin came out and everybody's like, I don't know what to do with it. And he looked at it and said, I know exactly what to do with it. I'm going to create an eBay and people can use Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, like, that's exactly what Bitcoin was about. He was the first application of Bitcoin. People are still, uh, what well, EOS raised $4 billion I don't even know what they're doing. I don't even know if they have a working chain. But, you know, he, with no budget, went out there and built a website where people could, you know, buy and sell things with Bitcoin. Did you ever go to Silk Road? I I never went to Silk Road. It was gone before I got involved. I knew about it, Mm -hmm. but I had Mm -hmm. never gone to it. Yeah. I'm taking the fifth. Okay. So, (laughs) from what I understand, because I've heard his mother say this several times, you could buy illegal substances there. But he really didn't allow like uh, child pornography or weapons or there were a few things you couldn't buy there that were really, I guess, the, he felt like the more evil since he didn't feel like drugs were evil since you kind of were doing that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He was working with the non-aggression principle. You know, if you are doing something and it's a crime, uh, it's illegal in a certain jurisdiction, but you're not hurting anyone. Because drugs are legal in certain places. I mean, it's a, if it's a global enterprise, you have to monitor, well, is it Turkey? Is it California? Is it Oregon? Where is the drug legal? Where is it not legal? So that's really the concern. Well, for the most part, 
He got hauled off to New York when he was arrested in California. Got probably the stiffest penalty you could get, what, two life terms plus 40 years with no parole. That's still kind of weird. That's crazy. No one was hurt in this crime. A world dictator, Manuel Noriega, got 25 years. Yeah, and he was definitely a crime in the American. <laughs> and, he, and he was out at 17. So you can see what they did here. They made an example of Rock. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he was out because he just went in and he, I never heard of him again. Right, exactly. I guess he learned to keep his mouth shut when he did get out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so he gets two life terms, 40 years, plus 40, no parole for nonviolent crime, which is kind of crazy to me. Of running a website. But the government had really messed up the case uh, in people's minds. They had this sort of belief out there that he was uh, doing murder for hire. Those murder for hire charges were trumped up or just created out of thin air. And the two agents that were working on the case, the undercover agents, were so crooked that they are still in jail right now. Both of them were arrested. But I don't think he could bring that up during his trial. And that's the crazy thing. There's all kinds of stuff that Somehow the rules of uh, Robert's rules going on there in the, in, the, in, the, in the courtroom, you can't say certain things. And uh, they couldn't say certain things. And uh, it made Ross look really bad. And then the sentencing really was based on certain things that he wasn't even charged. For. And the, yeah, and ac- actually the murder for hire charges have been dropped. because And now they've been dropped. And that was one of the biggest things that caused the sentencing, and he was never charged, basically, for it. So what they're doing right now, they had taken this to the Supreme Court, or tried to go to the Supreme Court, and get this overturned. And the Supreme Court, I guess, said no. You know, basically said no. So this is what got me on this topic for today, was the fact that now they've started a petition to get Ross a pardon, because Trump's given pardons out. Mm-hmm. And I really feel for Lynn, and I kind of wanted to say, hey, here's our part to kind of help you out, Lynn. So that's why I wanted to make sure everybody knew about that. I saw the petition, uh, heard about it, so I did an article on 4-Minute Crypto, which the links to everything we're talking about is in the show notes. But I also want to make sure everybody had the link to the petition because they're trying to get a million signees or something. I'm not sure the number, I'm sorry to say. But that's the big thing is they're trying to get this petition, enough signatures on this petition and so the links in the show notes is at change.org, but it's really long. So I'm kind of like just wanting to recommend to people that they research this subject and go sign the position. That's really the most that we can do. Uh, help to spread the word and to, to, for people to change their minds. You know, uh, I see threads on Facebook and you know, I talk about Ross and talk about what happened. And people summarily dismiss it they go no 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 he he was a murder for hire guy you know and you know and then other people say you know don't you know drugs kill you know and i'm like no you, you don't understand you know from what i understand if the law was as it is today they wouldn't have really been able to do the uh internet search on them to pull up a lot of the information they used against them because the laws have changed so they can't mm-hmm. go in without a search warrant like that Mm-hmm. But, but also, people might want to go to freeross.org. That's where you can really find a lot about this story. And if you do want to financially donate, uh, you can go to freeross.org slash commissary and donate money to him to like buy food and com- stuff in the commissary. Um, oh, wonderful. And that's kind of weird because you got to do it by uh, Western Union and stuff. So it's kind of weird, but I'm sure that they appreciate all the help he can get. But I just wanted to kind of cover that. Like I said, I wanted to 
I felt like we need to do our part to help uh, Lynn out, get her get her son, uh, help her son, because she's such a nice person, and I really feel for her. Yeah, no, this is you know, this this could be anybody. I mean, you know, you build websites, I build websites. I mean, he built a website. I think the guy who sold the most drugs on there only got something like seven years or something. Right, exactly. And Ross never sold any drugs. Right. He just had the website, and he got two life terms of forty. That is just such a weird punishment. I can't get over that. Mm-hmm. Two life terms and 40 years on top of that, because that wasn't enough. Two life terms with no parole wasn't enough. How much did Al Capone get? I mean, I, I don't <laughs> think it, that's really a good question. I mean, he got more than the most heinous criminals that we can think of. Yeah, that's just weird to me. Oh, well. So if you have any uh, questions or comments about that, Give us a call at 747-777-9471, or you can email us at thecryptocousins at gmail.com, and that's 747-777-9471, and we're uh, thinking about you, Lynn. Okay, today's subject is, what is Bitcoin? And at the intro, I said, again? Because we did this. This was our first podcast, Tony. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, back in September, our first podcast, what is Bitcoin? But I had created a video for our Patreon page. And if you haven't ever been on our Patreon page, just go to CryptoCousins.com slash Patreon. And uh, you can support the show there if you like. But I realized, Tony, we didn't have really anything on there for people who are Patreon. So I thought I'd start a set of videos. And the first one was, what is Bitcoin? And uh, right now I'm getting ready to record what is a Bitcoin wallet. But I took the audio from that video and I thought we would share that as a podcast. Mm-hmm. And kind of get back to the basics. You know, because um, I definitely have a better understanding of what Bitcoin is. I think on that first show, it was kind of one-sided. I was just going, what is a Bitcoin? You, you know? asked the right questions. That's important. Yeah, and luckily you had all the answers. So this time I do have a little information. Basically, I had this audio file and I thought it'd make a great show. So uh, Tony agreed. So that's what today's show is. It's just uh, 18 minutes of me explaining what is Bitcoin. So anything you want to say before we go to it, Tony? No, fantastic. Great job. I definitely appreciate that my teachings have been transformed into a wonderful video and audio. Yes. Uh, you've re- yeah, you've, you've, you've come a long way. I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> okay, let's listen to uh, what is Bitcoin. Now, today I'm going to answer the question, what is Bitcoin? The answer many people are going to give you to the what is Bitcoin question is Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. A cryptocurrency? What a terrible answer. I mean, if someone doesn't know what Bitcoin is, they probably don't know what cryptocurrency is currency is either. Answering a question with an answer that most people won't understand, well, it's not really answering the question at all. Let's start by going to Wikipedia. If you search the term Bitcoin in Wikipedia, it says that Bitcoin is the world's first cryptocurrency, a form of electronic cash sent peer-to-peer without the need for a financial intermediary. It's the first decentralized digital currency. Now you see, they use that cryptocurrency in their definition too. They even use the term peer-to-peer. Now if you're a techie, that definition might make sense. But if you're a non-techie, you don't know what cryptocurrency is and you don't even know what peer-to-peer is. Um, So Wikipedia's answer may be a little complicated 
for the average person to understand. So what? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is Bitcoin is still the question. Well, maybe we should start with the basics and answer a question that may be a little bit easier to explain. And that question is, what is money? I mean, everyone uses money. Everyone has some money. But what exactly is money? Many, many people really don't know. You know, money is really just part of a system that's been put in place to help with exchanging products and services. For example, if I give you something of value, you might give me some money in return. Then I can take the money you gave me and I can exchange it for another product or service that I want, desire, or need. Now, throughout history, many different things have served as money. Almost everything from shells to arrowheads, even precious metals. Ah, precious metals. Precious metals such as gold and silver, they have probably been the most commonly used items for money over the centuries. The fact that gold and silver are rare and a limited supply help it serve as a great store of value. But I do have to tell you, sometimes I really do have to question the entire limited supply thing for gold and silver. I mean, they've been mining gold and silver like forever. I mean, forever. The, the Europeans took boatloads back from the New World, and they still have not run out. In fact, they seem to keep finding more and more gold and silver. So I'm not all on that, uh, that limited supply thing. But for thousands of years, gold and silver worked pretty well. You can weigh it. You can smelt it and make coins. I like that word smelt. Either way, it's pretty easy to assign a value to gold and silver. Now, back in 740 BC in China, during the Tang Dynasty, the government at the time decided to be a good to use paper for money. After all, block printing had just been invented, and what better use could there be for block printing than making money? Now, this was the first introduction of paper money as we know it today. Now, I assume the same arguments that people make today about using Bitcoin were made back then about using paper money. Things such as, why should I trust paper money instead of gold or silver? Or, uh, how about this one? I want to hold my gold and silver in my hands. Uh, I want to touch my gold and silver. They've been worried about their paper money getting lost even. Or maybe it could get burned up in a fire. So there are a lot of things they could be uh, worried about with paper money when it first came around. Now let's advance to the future. And in the United States, paper dollars were originally gold or silver certificates. In other words... Paper dollars were a piece of paper that basically said you own some gold or silver and that your gold or silver was being kept safe in a vault for you at the U.S. Treasury. So the U.S. government was holding your money for you. At any time, you could take your paper dollars to the U.S. government and exchange them and get back in return your gold or silver. I guess people still weren't all that excited about trusting paper money. So technically... Instead of trusting paper money, they were trusting the government to hold their gold and silver and keep it secure for them. Now, I just also assume it's a lot easier to carry around paper money in your pocket than it is to carry around a bag of gold or silver. Think about it. That would get kind of old if you had to carry around coins. It'd be like carrying nothing but silver uh, coins right now, quarters, dimes, and nickels. It would drive you crazy. Now, in the 1960s, 
the U.S. government took the silver out of our coins. I remember when I was a kid, the quarters were solid silver. Then in about third grade, they started coming out with a little silver on both sides and a lot of copper in the middle. I'm not even sure if it was copper, but it was like a sandwich. Silver on the outside, something looked like copper on the inside. Then came the 70s and President Nixon, Nixon took the United States off the gold standard. Now you may be asking, what is the gold standard? Well, that is a system where the value of a currency is defined in terms of gold for which the currency can be exchanged. So I guess technically there was some gold in Fort Knox for every dollar printed, which is the key word there, was. That's the key word there, was. Now the United States is no longer on the gold standard. Instead, the U.S. dollar is a currency that the U.S. government has declared as a legal tender. It's not backed by anything except the word and good faith of the U.S. government. It is really surprising how many people that I talk to when I'm talking about crypto or something, they think the U.S. dollar is still backed by gold. Now, if you're under the age of 50, the U.S. dollar has never been backed by gold during your entire lifetime. Okay, like I said, they took it off. Nixon took it off the gold standard in the early 70s. The U.S. dollar is now what's known as a fiat currency, but so is the euro and almost the rest of the paper money out there. Now, if you're not familiar with the term fiat, it's a Latin word meaning it shall be. I guess that term's used for paper money because the government says that paper money shall be used as legal tender. Now, the actual definition of fiat money is inconvertible paper money made legal tender by government decree. So the government has said, forget about your gold and silver. You don't need that. All you really need is paper money. And that seems to be good enough since we're all using fiat money every day and most people are not complaining at all and not one bit about it. Now, one of the biggest disadvantages of paper money is the fact that it's easy to counterfeit. I mean, think about it. You see it on TV all the time, people counterfeiting money. Well, movies, maybe. Now, that is almost impossible to do with gold or silver. In a few minutes, I'll even explain how that is almost impossible. Well, it's impossible to do with Bitcoin. Now, in today's world of computer technology, fiat money has been digitized. And we've started dealing with numbers and computers instead of the actual paper dollars, instead of the physical paper dollars you'd put in your pocket. Digitization of our money makes it much easier to count, move, and store. Most of the money you use today is really just numbers in a bank's computer. Think about it. What percentage of your income do you really touch in the way of physical money? You probably have direct deposit for your paycheck. Then you pay your house payment and other bills online or or with a check. You probably use credit cards or debit cards for your day-to-day expenses, you know, for your everyday expenses. So the actual amount a physical paper money you really touch is probably a very, very small percentage. You are actually using digital money every day. You just don't look at it or think of it as digital money. You think of it as U.S. dollars. Now, in some countries, they have completely done away with paper money altogether. In these countries, they only use digital money. So Bitcoin is digital money not controlled by the U.S. government or even any government for that matter. Now that may sound a little crazy. It could even sound a little dangerous to some people. People who don't understand will find this confusing. Now, if someone has a computer file that represents $1, the question is, what would stop them from copying that file, 
millions and millions of times, creating millions and millions of dollars for themselves, making themselves millionaires. Now we're back to the counterfeiting thing. And like I said earlier, counterfeiting can be easy to do with paper money, but how about with digital money? And this has really been the biggest problem in the creation and the use of digital currency. And this problem is called the double spend problem. Now, the banks, they have a solution to the double spend problem. The banks use a ledger system on their computers, which keeps track of who owns what. The ledger system is known as a centralized ledger. And centralized ledger systems are what the world has been used to using for many, many years to keep track of currency. Now, the bank's ledger system keeps up with everyone's money. It tracks how much you put in the bank. It tracks how much you spend. It tracks how much you take out of the bank, how much you transfer. It tracks everything to do with your money. And since we trust the banks and the banks trust their computers, the centralized solution works and has worked in the U.S. without too many bugs for years and years. Now, in 2008, a researcher published a paper describing how to solve the double-spend problem without using a centralized solution. In other words, how to solve this problem without a third party involved like a bank. Okay, so without a bank involved. His name was Satoshi Nakamoto, and he was writing about Bitcoin. His description was how you can make a ledger system that doesn't rely on a single bank. Instead, using a centralized solution, he had invented a decentralized solution that handled the double spend problem. Now, you may be asking yourself, how does something work if it's decentralized? Don't you need someone or some company or, or some entity to be in charge of, or in control of it? You probably use a decentralized service every day that works perfectly for you, but you just never thought about it and you don't think about it as being a decentralized service. The internet is that decentralized service. The internet is the most powerful network ever created, but there's not a main office for the internet. Sure, there's a local place you can use for getting on the internet, but not for the internet itself. There's not a president of the internet company. Uh, the internet is just there, and it is completely decentralized. No country going down is going to kill the internet. The internet decentralizes information technology, but how does Bitcoin decentralize money? Well, like bank transactions, Bitcoin ledgers are recorded in a ledger and the Bitcoin ledger is not maintained by a private company like the bank's ledger. Instead, it is maintained by the public. Thousands and thousands of people all around the world have a copy of the Bitcoin ledger on their computers. And unlike a centralized ledger system, anyone can download and verify transactions on the Bitcoin ledger using their computer. You can do it tomorrow. You can download a full copy of the Bitcoin ledger. Now, but you may be wondering, if Bitcoin uses a public ledger, wouldn't that really cause a big security issue? I mean, if anyone can download it, wouldn't that make Bitcoin really easy to hack? Well, the answer is no, no, no. The fact that the Bitcoin ledger is public does not make it easier to hack. It actually makes it harder to hack. How many times have you heard of a bank or a target of someone being hacked? That's a centralized thing. One place to hack, not with a decentralized ledger. And as an example, let's imagine I was trying to hack all the photos of Abraham Lincoln on the internet. I know this sounds kind of crazy, but bear with me for a second. Let's say I wanted to change what people thought Abraham Lincoln looked like. 
maybe I wanted to replace the image of Abraham Lincoln with an image of myself, so my photo. I want people to think I am Abraham Lincoln. I could hack into a lot of websites like online dictionaries, maybe Wikipedia, and other websites about Abraham Lincoln. I could change the photos on all those websites to a photo of myself. So every time you went to one of those sites, you saw Abraham Lincoln, you saw a picture of me with Abraham Lincoln under it. But that would not really cause a big issue. There are just too many websites all around the world that would still have the real photo of Abraham Lincoln on him. So in other words, I could not hack enough websites to fool anyone. The Bitcoin public ledger works almost the same way as I just explained in my Abraham Lincoln example. That was kind of a weird example, so I hope that worked for you. But the Bitcoin public ledger is just too big and it's on too many computers for anyone to hack into it and change the information. The Bitcoin public ledger that was created by Satoshi Nakamoto is called the Bitcoin blockchain. And even people who don't have faith in Bitcoin, well, you always hear them say, blockchain is a great new technology advancement. So people do like uh, blockchain, even if they don't like Bitcoin. And you now know that Bitcoin is a digital currency. And you also know that Bitcoin is decentralized and uses the blockchain to confirm transactions. So let's go to the question and answer it. What is Bitcoin? That's what we started with. Well, Bitcoin is a decentralized digital currency. Since Bitcoin does not have a home country or country of origin, it has some benefits that fiat currencies cannot and do not offer. If an economy somewhere in the world fails or a government changes over hands, Bitcoin won't be affected like a fiat currency would since Bitcoin is a worldwide currency. Who will benefit the most from Bitcoin? That's a question a lot of people are wondering. Well, in the beginning, it will probably be all the people around the world that don't have access to banks. Now, see, in the United States, there's a bank on almost every corner. I mean, you can't help but run into a bank. But that's not true in most parts of the world. If you live in Africa, South America, or the majority of the third world countries, you'll find that banks are few and very, very far between. Now, while most people in third world countries, they don't live close to a bank, but they do have access to the internet, and most of them nowadays probably have a smartphone. That is what it takes to make Bitcoin valuable. And that's what makes Bitcoin valuable, should I say. With a smartphone and access to the internet, you have your own personal bank with you at all times. And by using Bitcoin, you no longer have to depend on a bank to receive or deposit money. You don't have to go to a bank to wire money to a foreign country. You can do it on your phone. Businesses all over the world are even starting to accept Bitcoin as payment for their products. I personally accept Bitcoin at both of my stores in Arlington, Texas. You can actually go to Leland's Wallpaper or the website Leland'sWallpaper.com or Softball Junk, whose website is SoftballJunk.com, and you can pay with Bitcoin. Now, the number of stores that accept Bitcoin, well, they're growing every day. There are even websites out there on the net to help you find these stores that accept Bitcoin. How about a Bitcoin ATM? Have you seen one of those yet? A Bitcoin ATM? They're popping up in a lot of places. Actually, I read the other day in South America, there are more Bitcoin ATMs going in than cash ones. Bitcoin could possibly change the entire world of banking, not just for people in third world countries, but for everyone everywhere. Trying to explain Bitcoin time is like trying to explain what the internet was back in 1996. 
1996, most people had no idea what the internet was, much less had ever used it before. That is exactly where Bitcoin is at this time. Bitcoin is still in its infancy, but as more and more people get involved with Bitcoin and more and more tools are made to work with Bitcoin, we may find it becoming so important that we actually can't imagine how we ever lived without it. Kind of like having your Google Maps on your phone. How did you live without it? That's the way Bitcoin will probably become. And I hope you know more about Bitcoin now than when we started this conversation. Well, welcome back. I hope that I got everything correct there. I hope everybody uh, understands what is Bitcoin. Hopefully you did, or hopefully you already did. Well, we all know exactly from the YouTube comments. If, if there's any place where you can be certain people will correct you, it's YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that is where we get the corrections most of the time, <laughs> more so than our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And YouTube is, as I said earlier, it's uh, youtube.com slash crypto cousins. And since I mentioned the Facebook page, it's, YouTube, it's facebook.com slash group slash crypto cousins, or just search crypto cousins. But join both of those and keep up with the show. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Or just go to our famous forward slash subscribe oh, page. That's right. You can pick your favorite. You are correct there. Everything is there. Mm-hmm. CryptoCousins.com forward slash subscribe. And we even added the, to the page just yesterday uh, our newsletter subscription. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, so if you haven't subscribed, which we haven't pushed it, so I think most of you have not subscribed. Right. <laughs> so I can with all certainty say – uh, you probably haven't subscribed to that, so go to CryptoCousins.com slash newsletter or CryptoCousins.com slash subscribe and get that done today. And don't forget, like I said, send us um, any questions at 747-777-9471. And I also want to thank everybody on iTunes who've given us all those five-star reviews and comments. We got a ton. Of, I get asked all the time how we get so many of those. So I appreciate everybody. It really makes us feel good when people ask us, how do you all get so many five-star reviews? Well, we get up early and we make it happen. Yeah, every day Tony gets on Facebook and messages 100 people. <laughs> Please leave me if I start. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> well, that's it for me, Tony. Unless you got anything to add, I'm out of here. No. Well, just the good news that Bitcoin is up month over month. And uh, we did a good job with BitBlock Boom. And right after the conference ended, uh, the Bitcoin took off. Yeah, I think we – are you saying we had something to do with that? Well, you know, everybody thought our consensus was going to have something to do with the price, and it didn't. So I'm going to take full huh? responsibility okay. say that we did. We, we need spread it, the good message. We need it to happen next year again then. Yes, absolutely. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Cousins Podcast. Please share this podcast with anyone you know that is interested in cryptocurrency. Your friends can subscribe on iTunes at CryptoCousins.com slash iTunes and on Android at CryptoCousins.com slash play. If you want to know more about Tony or Gary, just go to TonySakala.com or GaryLeland.com. Make sure and join us on the next episode, and thanks for listening. Crypto Cousins podcast and information in the podcast are not intended as investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are risky. Never invest more than you can afford to lose. Always seek professional advice before making any investment. Investing in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies may present tremendous risks. Please understand that you are using any and all information available on or through the Crypto Cousins podcast at your own risk. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 